Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Aplastic Anemia and MDS International Foundation 35th Anniversary Podcast. As we look back over 35 years of both service to the bone marrow failure community and advances in treating these diseases, we are taking a moment to check in with those who have witnessed it all. I'd like to introduce Dr. Charles Parker. Charles J. Parker, MD, is a professor of medicine in the Division of Hematology and Hematologic Malignancies, Department of Internal Medicine at the University of Utah, the Huntsman Cancer Institute, and Georgie Whalen VA Medical Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. As a hematologist, his clinical interests include paroxysmal nocturnal hemoglobinuria, hemochromosis, and porphyria. Dr. Parker previously served as president of the International Paroxysmal Nocturnal Hemoglobinuria Interest Group. Hello, Dr. Parker, and thank you for your time today. Good morning, and it's a real pleasure for me to participate in this uh, important event that marks the 35th anniversary of the foundation. Thank you so much. Well, I have a question for you. In thinking back over time, when you were starting your career, what was the common prognosis, treatment plan, or life expectancy for the newly diagnosed PNH patient? I started uh, working in PNH uh, in the early uh, 1980s uh, when I was a fellow at uh, Duke University, uh, working under the auspices of uh, Dr. Wendell Ross, who had uh, been a pioneer uh, in uh, research into PNH, particularly in the understanding of the mechanisms that underlie the complement-mediated hemolysis in PNH. And uh, at that time, uh, we were still trying to understand uh, the molecular mechanisms that uh, cause the hemolysis of PNH. So treatment at that time was uh, almost all uh, what would be called supportive therapy. Uh, that is to uh, provide transfusions uh, when needed and when paroxysms uh, became severe, uh, we would use prednisone to try to control those. Uh, but these were just temporary measures, and very importantly, uh, they really didn't affect the constitutional symptoms in patients with PNH that uh, caused so much of the of the uh, morbidity of the disease. Uh, and if um, at that time uh, the average life expectancy was somewhere in the range of uh, of 10 to 15 years, uh, and that may sound like a long time, but the problem is that many patients with PNH are diagnosed uh, uh, in their second uh, and third decade of life, and so uh, that would uh, significantly shorten uh, their life expectancy. Uh, the time that I began working at PNH in PNH was a very productive time in terms of understanding uh, the dysregulation of complement that eventually uh, that uh, underlies the uh, uh, hemolytic anemia that causes uh, almost all of the symptoms of PNH. So the basic science uh, 
component of the research was uh, uh, extremely important. Well, it was absolutely crucial in subsequently developing effective treatment for uh, the hemolytic anemia, PNH. Wow. Well, I know that there's been progress made both in understanding the disease and in uh, the treatment and also, you know, continuing clinical trials and other research. What's been your experience with the changes uh, in in this time span? Yes, the the changes have uh, been uh, transformative. Uh, The development of uh, eculizumab, the monoclonal antibody that blocks the fifth component of complement, uh, uh, revolutionized treatment of PNH and provided a highly effective and safe way of uh, controlling the hemolytic anemia, the intravascular hemolytic anemia that really causes so many of the problems that patients with PNH experience. So these are constitutional symptoms of fatigue and lethargy, loss of sense of well-being uh, that are oftentimes debilitating. And patients uh, who undergo treatment with eculizumab have uh, dramatic uh, responses uh, in terms of uh, relief of these uh, constitutional symptoms. I think it is important, though, to understand that we're not treating the underlying disease, the, the bone marrow component of PNH. Um, we're treating one of the, uh, the most significant uh, uh, symptomatic component of, of the disease, but the actual disease itself persists. And so patients require uh, treatment indefinitely. Bone marrow transplant is curative, but in the current uh, state of, uh, of treatment, uh, we use bone marrow uh, transplant less uh, often uh, because of the effectiveness of eculizumab. But we still need to make some progress in understanding what causes the PNH clone to be selected and to expand and produce the disease. But we, we do have very effective uh, treatment for the symptomatic components of the disease. Well, that's that's really good news uh, for patients. Uh, even though there's a ways to go, that certainly sounds like it makes um, survivorship much more probable and much longer. That's very true. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, a paper published in 2011 uh, by Dr. Hillman's group in uh, the UK Uh, showed that the life expectancy uh, for patients uh, with PNH who are treated uh, with eculizumab uh, is indistinguishable from that of uh, normal age and sex match controls. Oh, my. And so we've we've gone to uh, change the the natural history of this disease uh, dramatically with uh, uh, anti-C5 therapy. And there are now, there's now a great deal of interest uh, in uh, developing other types of inhibitors that target the complement system uh, at different um, uh, places in the cascade. And these uh, treatments uh, 
likely will add to the uh, effectiveness of the anti-complement therapy that uh, is available. Uh, these studies are still uh, in clinical trials, and uh, but uh, some of the preliminary results uh, appear quite favorable. Uh, so there's additional uh, excitement in the in the field uh, with uh, uh, that perhaps uh, additional uh, treatments will be available uh, for some uh, patients who get a suboptimal response to eculizumab. Well, that's that sounds very promising. So my my last question for you the, today is what is the one message you would like for newly diagnosed PNH patients to understand? Yes, I think it's important for patients with PNH to be evaluated by a, a physician who has uh, expertise uh, in the management of PNH. Uh, because it is it's such a rare disease that physicians who don't specialize in this type of uh, bone marrow abnormality uh, oftentimes have seen uh, one or maybe two patients in their career. And the management does require a full understanding of the, of the pathophysiology of the disease. So I would hope uh, that uh, patients would uh, if, if possible, uh, would see a physician who is experienced in uh, diagnosis and management of PNH so that they could get the optimum treatment. And um, I would like to assure patients that uh, that there are good support groups. Uh, certainly, AAMDS uh, IF is is the premier uh, support group and. Uh, there is a great deal of help uh, from interacting with the, with the society. And um, also the International PNH Interest Group, IPIG, uh, has uh, a great deal of uh, uh, commitment to patients' uh, proper management. That, that sounds like excellent advice. And I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, talking with a PNH trained, focused specialist, I think sometimes patients hesitate to go beyond their uh, local hematology clinic. But I can see what you're saying that having a specialist who's very familiar with the entire disease and treatment can um, help them better control and learn about best treatment options for them as well as managing the symptoms of the treatment itself. So I'm glad I got that right. Thank you so much for all your time. Uh, you've, You've offered some really great information for patients to learn from, and we're delighted to include this in our 35th anniversary special Um, podcast segment. So thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today, Dr. Parker. And thanks. You're welcome. Thanks as well to all the listeners for this segment. There's more to come, which you can find on aamds.org with all of our podcast recordings. Until next time.